0: this morning and uh, in Luke chapter number 20 and um, last week or two weeks ago we began a series entitled greater than and of course it's Jesus is greater than than everything and but we're looking at some things specifically uh, that he is greater than and last week we looked at uh, religion Uh, Jesus is greater than religion uh, and it's not just about being religious, but it's about knowing uh, Christ as our Savior and following Him. But you know, there's, there's a lot of times you'll hear people say there's two things uh, they don't want to hear you talk about. Two things just don't talk about, right? Uh, we can talk about sports, we can talk about all kinds of things, but two things we don't want to talk about. Anybody tell me what those two things are? Oh, you guys knew that so well. <laughs> You did that. You said that so well. It's like you've heard that before, right? Politics and religion. Don't talk to me about politics and religion, right? And uh, well, last week we looked at religion and uh, we saw that Jesus is greater uh, than religion. And uh, this morning, uh, guess what? We're looking at the other one, right? Uh, This morning, we're looking at Jesus is greater than the government. He's greater than government. Uh, Or if you want to say politics, whatever, whatever you want to call that. Uh, But Jesus is greater than that. And there's a lot of people that think that you shouldn't mix religion and politics, uh, that you shouldn't mix those. Uh, Religion has its place and politics has its place, but religion needs to stay out of the government. You ever heard him say that? Uh, What's really interesting and uh, kind of funny is that they never say that the government should stay out of religion, right? They say religion needs to stay out of the government, but the government... They got to have their hands in everything, right? Including religion. Uh, And so it's funny that, you know, and it's really sad that so many Christians have been led to believe that lie. Uh, We are to stay out of politics and the government and we don't talk about those different things. But did you understand that really for a Christian, the only way for a Christian to be a right citizen is to be a right Christian. Uh, those two go hand in hand. Uh, if I'm going to be a, a good citizen of the country that I live in, then I need to be a, the, the, a good Christian. Uh, because those two are going to they're, they're gonna work together. Um, and what's really fascinating, when you study the word of God, you'll find that um, almost every book in the Bible speaks about government. Almost every book speaks about government in some fashion or another right Uh, but somehow we've got this idea that uh, religion and politics we keep them separate the church and the government we keep them separate Uh, and I understand there you know people talk about separation of church and state separation of church and state well one show it to me in the constitution right it's not there but two the main reason of separation of church and state was so that there would not be a state church So there would not be a church that everybody in the country had to be a member of. And if you weren't a member of that church, then, of course, you would be either imprisoned or you'd be persecuted, things like that. And so it was that this separation of church and state was to keep the state from having a state church, which there shouldn't be. Right? Uh, that's why we, we have the freedom to worship, uh, however we choose in this country. Uh, we have the freedom to, to come to this church. You have the freedom to go to another church, uh, without fear of arrest or persecution or something like that. Uh, that's, that's part of that freedom that we enjoy in this country. But what does, what does the Bible speak about the government? And what does Jesus say about the government? In Luke chapter 19, excuse me, Luke chapter 20, we're going to be read, begin reading in verse number 19, Luke chapter 20, verse number 19, he says, and the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him, and they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them, and they watched him, and sent forth spies which should feign themselves just men, that they might take hold of his words, that uh, so they might deliver him unto the governor and power, or, unto the power and authority of the governor. And they asked him, saying, "Master, we know that thou sayest and teachest rightly. Neither acceptest thou the person of any, but teachest the way of God truly. Is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar, or no?" But he perceived their craftiness and said unto them, "Why tempt ye me? Show me a penny." Whose image and superscription hath it? They answered and said, Caesar's. And he said unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which be Caesar's, and unto God the things which be God's. And they could not take hold of his words before the people. And they marveled at his answer and held their peace. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that we can come, uh, Lord, to worship freely, uh, Lord, to open your word and uh, without fear of persecution. Uh, Lord, just to be able to worship, uh, Lord, we know there are many countries today that do not have that freedom, and Father, we thank you for uh, the country that we live in, and Lord, the freedoms that we, uh, that we have, and Lord, we ask that you would just work through the service this morning, uh, Lord, open our hearts and our minds to your word, give us understanding, uh, Lord, thank you for those who are here this morning represented as our first responders, and Lord, we ask a special blessing upon them. And uh, Father, just bless in our service now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is a very, very uh, interesting passage, if you could call it that. Um, The chief priests and the scribes are wanting to lay hands on Jesus. And uh, that's not a good thing, all right? It's not like, oh, we just want to lay hands on you. No, they wanted to Lay hands on him, right? They wanted to arrest him. They wanted to take him uh, and, and really uh, either not just put him in jail, but they wanted to kill him. And so you have these, uh, the, these religious people that are there, uh, but they feared the people. Um, but then it also says in verse number 19, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. And so Jesus has just been teaching and he's talked about the vineyard and things. And then at the very end in verse number, uh, in verse number 17, it says, and he beheld them and said... What is this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. So, again, last week we talked about religion, and Jesus is speaking to the religious people here. The religious people were saying, hey, just follow religion, right? The chief priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Just follow religion. Just be religious, and you'll be okay. Just just be religious. But Jesus is saying, look, let me tell you something. That's not how it is. That's not the way to heaven. In fact, Jesus is saying there is only one way. And he shows us here in this passage, he says the one way for a person to truly come to faith in Jesus Christ, and again, the, the, in verses 17 and 18, the stone here is referring to Jesus Christ, is for someone to fall upon the stone and be broken, You say, well, that doesn't sound like saving. Oh, it is, because notice the alternative. The alternative is the stone will fall upon you and crush you. You say, what's he saying? There's one way to be saved. Jesus Christ is that way, but the only way for us to be saved is to be broken. We have to recognize that we are sinners. We have to recognize that we are not good enough, that we have to humble ourselves and repent of our sins and come broken before God and recognize that we do not deserve to be saved. And when we're willing to fall upon Jesus Christ, he's willing to save us. But the alternative is, if someone says, no, I don't think I need to be broken. I don't think I need uh, to follow Jesus Christ. I can do it my way. I'm religious. I go to church. I've been baptized. I keep the Ten Commandments. I do all of these different things. I think I'm pretty good. Then the alternative happens. And that stone falls upon that person and crushes them. And there's no life there. They're dead. Now, the religious leaders were very offended by this. Can you imagine why? They're very offended. And, and so they, they're, they're taking offense to this because Jesus is saying it's not through religion, right? I know there are many, there are many churches, many religions that say you ju- if you'll just be religious, if you'll just be religious, that's how you go to. That is never what Jesus said, never at all. And this is why these religious people were so angry at Jesus because of, his, because of saying this. It's not just about the rituals. It's not just about the things that, uh, all the things that we do. It's about that personal relationship with Jesus Christ and knowing him as our Savior. And so they're, they're very upset about this. And, and, and they, they perceived, I don't think they had to think too hard about this, but they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. And so what happens? They're, they're watching him and they sent forth spies which would feign themselves just men that they might take hold of his words so that they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor. Now, the one thing you have to understand as we're getting ready to to, to look into this um, is in, 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 in this day and age, um, politics and religion was actually intermingled. Um, in, tho- in this day, you had two groups of religious people in Israel. You had the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, there were many of them, but then there were a certain group of the Pharisees and a certain number of the Sadducees that made up what was called the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was the political system of the day. They were, they were the political leaders, but they were made up of all the religious leaders of the day. So even in Israel, you had politics and religion working in hand-in-hand in hand here because you had the political system and the religious system working through this, right? So, so you've got to kind of understand what's happening here as we look at what's going to take place in this question that they ask, All right. So let's notice, first of all, the question of government. Notice verse 21. They asked him, saying, Master, we know that thou sayest and teachest rightly, Neither acceptest thou the person of any, but teachest the way of God truly. Is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or no? So the question about the government, is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or no? But I want you to notice two things about this. Notice, first of all, the truth of their statement. Notice in verse number 21. Master, we know that thou sayest and teachest rightly, neither acceptest thou the person of any, but teach us the way of God truly. Now they said three things here that are absolutely true. These three things are absolute without a doubt. Watch what they say about Jesus. They said he speaks the truth, right? Thou sayest and teach us rightly. He speaks truth. He is impartial. Neither acceptest thou the person of any. So he's impartial, right? And he says, but teach us the way of God truly. He teaches the way of God. So, they, they said these three things about Jesus, and they are absolutely true. Jesus speaks truth. That's why we ought to listen to him. Amen? He speaks the truth. And so we ought to listen to what he has to say. He is impartial. the religious people were really upset about this because he was impartial. The, the religious people thought the king of the Jews would come and they would just accept all the religious and political people and the poor and, and, and the wicked people. They would just be cast aside. But here Jesus is coming and he is almost doing the opposite. He is accepting the, the sinners and, and accepting those that are the outcasts and he's actually kind of against the political people. Now, he's not against them, he's against the political system. He loves them. He wants them to come to know to to Christ. And that's why Nicodemus, he spends time with Nicodemus and many other religious leaders and, and some of them accepted Christ. But what Jesus is showing here is look, there's not one way of salvation for the religious people and one way of salvation for the non-religious people. There's not one way of salvation for the good people and one way of salvation for the bad people. He's impartial. You know what he says? There's one way period. One way. It doesn't matter if you're good or bad. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're educated or uneducated. Un- ed- uneducated. <laughs> this is the second time I've had to preach this message today. Okay, so uneducated, right? Uh, or the religious or the non-religious. All right, so. He says there's only one way. He's impartial. That's why, man, praise God, it doesn't matter if you're American or Chinese or Argentinian or uh, or Ugandan or Russian or whatever. Every person comes to faith in Jesus Christ the same exact way. There's one way, and that's through Jesus Christ, right? But he also teaches the way of God. He teaches us what God wants to know. He teaches us how we can know God. He teaches us about God he teaches us how we can have a closer relationship with God and what God wants for us so we see the truth of their statement but notice secondly the craftiness of their question they were trying to be very crafty did you notice he said but he perceived their craftiness it wasn't that they were making something really cool and he's like wow you guys are very crafty no no is they're deceitful they were deceitful in what they were saying now what they said was true but they were deceitful in what they were trying to bring about have you ever had have you ever had that person you ever had somebody that man they're just man they just talk really good man i i just you're just you're just the best you know, I mean, you're just, the way you talk and the way you dress, I mean, nobody, nobody dresses the way you dress, nobody talks, I mean, you just, you always look sharp, and, and man, that job that you did, man, nobody, nobody could do that job the way that you did it. Uh, I mean, they're just building you up, and then all of a sudden they say, but, you know, <laughs> and it's like they were building you up, and building you up, and building you up, and then they come with that ax, and they just chop it down, and like, there you go, Right? That's what they were doing. They're trying to build Jesus up. Oh, yes, you speak truth, and and you're impartial, and and you teach the way of God. So we have a question for you. And what was their purpose? Think about it. He says in verse 20, "...they watched him and sent forth spies." So these people weren't even true followers of Christ. "...which should feign themselves just men, that they might take hold of his words." that they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor. So they're, they're asking this question, is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or no? They're saying, we have a question about the government. Should we give tribute to Caesar? And the question is brought about in such a way because they think, Either way that Jesus answers, if he answers yes, you give tribute, or no, you don't give tribute, they've got him. They've got him. The purpose of their question was not to know truth, even though they said he spoke truth. The purpose of their question was not to know the way of God. The purpose of their question was trying to make Jesus look bad and trip him up in his teachings. Because if Jesus said... That they should pay tax to Caesar, then they could say he was against Israel and was a Roman lover. Oh, you're just, you're just a Roman lover. You're just, you just, you just love Caesar and you just love Rome. And so that's why you're saying that we ought to pay taxes to Caesar. But if he said, no, don't pay tax to Caesar, then what are they going to accuse him of? They're going to accuse him of sedition. They're going to accuse him of being a traitor. They're going to accuse him of being anti-government. And then what does it say? And this is their whole purpose. What did it say at the end of verse number 20? That they might deliver him under the power and authority of the governor. This is what they wanted. They wanted to be able to find something wrong with him, to be able to accuse him so that people would stop listening to him. Right? They're trying to make it sound like, you know, we're, we're against the government, right? We don't, we're, not, we're not for government, so should we, have to give, should we have to pay our taxes? Should we have to give money to Caesar? Because we're against the government, but we want you to answer so that we can actually take you to the government. And let them arrest you, right? So they're very, they're very crafty in how they're answer, or asking this question. Is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or no? But I want you to look at his answer. His answer is marvelous. It's, it's, his, it's a marvelous answer, right? Because it says in verse 23, he perceived their craftiness and said to them, why tempt you me? So he, he knows what's going on. He knows why they're asking. He knows they've been trying to build him up. They, they didn't trick Jesus in, thinking, in him thinking, oh, wow, these people are really followers of me. You know? He knew that they were simply there to try to trick him up. So what does he say? Show me a penny. And he says, whose image and superscription hath it? They answered and said, Caesar's. He said unto them, render therefore unto Caesar the things which be Caesar's, and unto God the things which be God's. And notice, they could not take hold of his words before the people. That wasn't the answer that they were expecting. And watch what it says. And they marveled at his answer. They marveled at it. They, 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 could, they, they couldn't understand how he was able to give this answer because it wasn't what they were expecting. Because it was really, it's a, it's a marvelous answer. because here, Here's the thing. Three things that we're going to see what happens here, right? They said, we know that you speak the truth. We know you're impartial. And we know you teach the way of God. So you know what Jesus is going to do in his answer? He's going to speak truth. He's going to be impartial, and he's going to teach the way of God. He basically turned everything that they were trying to do around against them, right? And this is what he says, render therefore unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God. Now, how does he do this? How does he he turn the table on them here? Well, notice, first of all, in this answer that he acknowledges government, Jesus acknowledges government. Did you notice Jesus did not say, hey, Caesar's not governor. You know, Caesar's not supposed to be king. I'm supposed to be king. Uh, I'm supposed to be the one you worship. He didn't say anything like that. He said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. He's not against government. He doesn't say don't pay the government. He acknowledges the government. Do you know why? Because he instituted the government. God is the one that ordained the government. He he ordained the government. Um, How could he not acknowledge something that he instituted, that he ordained? In Proverbs chapter 8, verse number 16, or verse number 15, he says, by me, kings reign and princes decree justice. He, He instituted the government. There are three institutions that God ordained. He ordained the home. He ordained the government and he ordained the church, right? Now let's say, let's start with the home. Would we say that, that God is, is interested in the home? Would we say that? Yes. Would we say that God acknowledges that, that the home is very important and, and we ought to be, God ought to be involved in, in the home? Yes, absolutely. Would we say the same thing about the church? God instituted the church. And so God ought to be involved in the church and Christians ought to be involved in the church because God instituted it, Right. You guys are almost worse than the early service. And you guys had more time to sleep than they did, right? Would we say that God is involved in the church and he wants Christians to be involved in the church and what he instituted? All right, good. That's, That's much better. So then why do we think for some reason that God is against the government? Why do we think that God doesn't want Christians involved in the government? He instituted the home He instituted the church and he instituted the government. But yet somehow we think that the government is the one place that Christians aren't supposed to be. The government's the one place that Christians aren't supposed to be involved in. Wait a minute. He instituted all three. He ordained all three of them. And he wants Christians to be involved. in. Look, our our home needs to be based upon the word of God. Our home needs to be based upon what God says. The church needs to be based upon the word of God. The church needs to follow what God says. And guess what? The government needs to be based upon the word of God. Right? This is what he's saying. I'm speaking truth to you. I'm being impartial. And he says, I'm teaching you the way of God. God is not against the government. Jesus did not speak against the government. And this is why he tells us, uh, you can hold your place here in Luke chapter 20 and turn over to Romans chapter 13 with me. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13 and notice what he says in verse number one. He tells us here in Romans chapter 13 how Christians are to view the government, right? Verse number one. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. That's talking about the government. For there is no power but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. Do you understand what he's saying? Yes, God is the supreme power, but God has placed other powers below him. And those powers that are placed below him are still ones that we are to submit ourselves to. We are to still subject ourselves to those, right? And so he says the government is one of those government, or that it's the government that he has placed underneath himself that we are to follow, we are to listen to, right? And and it's interesting how many people think Christians, either one, the government is is bad, so Christians shouldn't have anything to do with it and don't even have to obey it, or or two, Christians and the church should stay out of the government, And again, this is is simply a lie that we are being told by the world to keep Christians out of the government. Because think about me. Think with me about this. Why does the world want to keep Christians out of the government? So they can do whatever they want. So they can run however they want. They don't want the Bible as their authority. They don't want to be accountable to God. And so if we can get Christians out of it, then we can just do whatever we want. Why? Why? is the world trying to control the church and get Christians out of the church so that they can do whatever they want? Why is the world trying to get control of the home? Same reason. Do you see a pattern here, right? God says he instituted the home, he instituted the church, he instituted the government. And you know what the world's trying to do? Take over the government, take over the church, and take over the home. That's exactly what they're trying to do. But God is the one that instituted these. And that's why it's so important for Christians to understand this is something that God is, is important to God. And we shouldn't just stay out of it. Thank God there are Christians that, that are willing to... And look, let me just say, in politics these days, it would be very hard to be a Christian. With all the, the the wickedness that is going on in politics and things like that, man, it would be hard to be a Christian. But just because something's hard doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. I, I thank God, I know, I know several pastors, right? Pastors that, that hold to the word of God and believe the word of God that are involved in politics. One of them is a, is a state representative here in Ohio, uh, a man that loves the Lord. But he said, hey, who, who's gonna stand if we don't? Who, who's gonna take a stand for right if we don't stand? And what, we have, we have allowed ourselves to believe the lie of the world that Christians ought to just stay out. You're not welcome here, you're not wanted here. Well, we know why we're not wanted. Because when we believe and teach the word of God, guess what that causes? It causes friction. It causes strife. It causes conviction because we're saying, no, I'm sorry, that's not what God says. God doesn't say that. And we're going to stand on what God says. And this is why we need good Christians in government and in politics. This is why Christians ought to take the the privilege and the responsibility that we have as citizens of this country and, and give our vote. Uh, look, hey, if you don't like the person that's in power, great. Use your, use your God-given, uh, responsibility and vote. Vote them out if you, if that's what they need, right? Uh, but so many Christians are just saying, well, we're just gonna stay out of it. We're just, we're just not gonna be involved in it. The church ought to stay out. Families ought to stay out of the government. No, no, no. Listen, Christians, this is something that Jesus said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And unto God the things that are God. Jesus acknowledged the government. He didn't try to destroy the government. By the way, you ever thought about this? What is Jesus going to come and establish for a thousand years? A government. Did you notice that? It's a government. Well, no, 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 Pastor. It's a kingdom. What is a kingdom? It's a government. It's a, it's a government, but guess who's going to be in control of the government at that time? It's going to be Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is going to be in control. He's not against the government. Right, and we're going to we're going to see this in just a moment. Why, why why this is so important, especially for Christians? Okay, but we've got to get it in our head. He's not against the government, and that's why, as Christians, we ought to be uh, doing everything we can, whether it, whether it be p- Christians going into office or whatever. But especially Christians uh, casting our vote for uh, for biblical principles and 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 those that hold to biblical values. Um, and this is why even uh, the next couple weeks, I I believe, obviously, I know we have an election coming up in November. Um and I believe the, the day the, the deadline to register I think is October eleventh for, for people to register to vote. Um man, it's important for Christians to vote. If you're not registered to vote, I would encourage you to register to vote and vote. Don't just register, but register and vote, right? Um the next couple Sundays we're gonna be having a registration table in the back of the service. If you're not registered to vote, we'll help you get registered. Now we're not gonna tell you what to vote. But we're just, we're just saying, hey, as a Christian, you ought to take this uh, responsibility. You ought to take this, uh, this privilege that God has given us and use it. Because, again, God's not against the government. He, he has instituted the government. And as Christians, we ought to have as much input into it as we can. We are in the mess that we are because Christians have withdrawn from the government. Said, hey, we're just going to stay out. That's why we're in the mess that we're in. You look at, again... Government is all throughout scripture. Why, why was Israel, why were they, why would God lead them into into destruction and into captivity? You know why? Because the government would not follow God. The government, the kings, and those that were leading said, Hey, we're just gonna live our life the way we want to live. And we're just gonna party and we're just gonna do what I and and those that truly love God would not stand for right. And it led them to destruction, it led them into captivity. It's important that, that we as Christians take that responsibility. Look, I'm not saying vote on personality or likability. I'm saying you find out what people, what they believe, and you find out if it compares to what the Bible says, and that's, that's who you vote for. Look, I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you who to vote, but I'm telling you, it's important for Christians to vote. It's important for Christians to take that responsibility and say, hey, we need to have a say in what's going on in our state. We need to have a say in what's going on in our, in our government. Because if we don't, the world's just going to keep moving forward and keep pushing their agenda and keep pushing and keep pushing. And we're just going to be like, oh, wow, this is getting really bad. This is, this is horrible. I wish we could do something about it. You can We can, right? He's not against it. He acknowledges the government. But notice the second thing here. Notice what we say. Hold your place in Romans 13 because we are going to come back to that in just a moment. But watch what he says again back in Luke chapter 20. He says, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which be Caesar's, and unto God the things which be God's. He acknowledges the government, but he approves that God is greater god is greater than it again they're they're trying to say well you know should we should we not he says look you do you render to caesar that which is caesar's but unto god that which is god's so here's the question who was here first the government or god god was and that's why he's saying god is to be supreme God is the one who is the supreme one that we are to follow. That's why we follow Jesus Christ. That's why we're giving our life to follow him. But we have to recognize just as in the home, God has given leadership in the home, right? There's the husband and there's the wife and there's the children. That's the order right? In the church, God has given leadership. There's the pastor and then there are to be deacons. God has given leadership. The same thing in the the government. God has established that and there is leadership there. And and we ought to be able to, to take biblical principles and say, this is what the Bible says. And this is why we're standing on biblical truth. It's important. But he approves that God is greater. You see, as a Christian, we are citizens of heaven. And so our first and most important loyalty is to God. That is our first and most important loyalty. To the Lord Jesus Christ. In all things, we are, we are to be obedient to what God says. There should be no questioning. When God speaks, we obey. Why? Because he speaks truth. He's impartial, and he's showing us the way of God. Right? He's, he, look, God is not asking one person to do something that he hasn't asked another person to do. Every Christian that chooses to follow Jesus Christ, that's what he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He's he's impartial. Every one of us is asked to follow Jesus Christ when we accept Christ as our Savior. He is asking every single one of us to give our life and to follow him as our Lord and Savior. And he's trying to show us the way of God. He's trying to teach us these things. It's amazing. Many Christians have no problem obeying the government. but When it comes to obeying God, they have a problem. We'll obey the government before we'll obey God. Can I tell you something? That's wrong. Pastor, you just said that Jesus acknowledged the government. I did. But Jesus is greater than the government. And when we are more concerned about the government than when we are God, we have our priorities in reverse. The most important thing ought to be following Jesus Christ and being obedient to him. Because here's the thing. If I'm following Jesus Christ and I'm being obedient to him, I won't have a problem following the government. Amen. I won't have a problem following the government. We'll see that here in a second, right? And just as we are citizens of heaven, we're also citizens of a country here on the earth. It's God who set up the government place those in power. Therefore, we are to submit ourselves to the power that God has placed over us. Again, go back with me to Romans chapter 13 again and watch what he says. He says, let every, subject, or, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Did he say, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers if you like them? <laughs> Did he say, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers if you voted for them? <laughs> no. He simply said, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. God has placed the government for good. Again, look in verse number two. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of, what is that next word? God. When we resist the government, we are resisting God. Because God is the one who has placed the government there. God has put them there, right? The government should never have to complain about Christians disobeying the laws of the country. I mean, think about what he says there. He says, uh, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of their power? Do that which is good and thou shalt have praise of the same. Man, I'm, I'm thankful for our first responders. Yesterday we had several police officers and we had one of the deputy sheriffs and, and some of the uh, firemen as well. Um, but you know what? Police officers aren't going to pull you over for obeying the law. Do you know why they pull you over? Because you disobeyed. You broke the law. You broke the law, right? That, that's, that's why they pull you over, Right? And I know, because you're such a, you're such a wonderful Christian, and maybe you, you just didn't recognize that you broke the law, but they pull you over, and they come up to your car, and you say, thank you, officer, for pulling me over for breaking the law. I know you all say that, right? Thank you for pulling me over. I know I broke the law. I appreciate you doing your job. Uh, please write me a ticket, because I know I broke the law. Um, no, nobody, nobody says that? No? Okay. Well, why do, why do we get a ticket? Because we broke the law. You don't want to get a ticket. Don't break the law, right? I mean, this is what he's saying. Rulers are not a terror to those that do good. They're those, they're, they're to judge those that do evil, right? And again, I'm, we're not getting into all of the all the nitty gritty here. I understand, look, they, there can be bad things going on. There can be bad police officers and things like that. I understand that, but that's, that's not what we're, we're not discussing that right here. We're just talking about the government here, right? And the powers that God has placed over us. And, and, and he says here, we are to be that, that, that exemplary citizen as a Christian. There is only, well, let me just say this. Consider the citizenship here on earth as training for our citizenship in heaven. Now remember, God has given, God has placed the government, right? God is supreme, but he's also placed the government. Would you act toward God in heaven the way you act toward the ones that God has placed over you here? Why don't you think about that for a second? Would you act towards God in heaven the way you act toward those who God has placed over you here? Because how we are acting over those who God has placed over us here is acting towards God. Because God is the one who's placed them over us. And we have to understand this is, this is something that as Christians we have to grasp. Not only are we to be involved in the government, but the government should be able to look at Christians and say, man, these, these people that are Christians, they're they just, you can't find anything wrong with them. They, they obey the laws, they, they're, they're respectful, they, they honor people, they, they, they're just, man, they're just, they're always good. You know why? Because we obey God first. We love the Lord first, and that's why we're able to obey the government. That, look, I understand there's, there's laws out there that I would say, you know what? I may not agree with that law. You know, look, I, I might think that 70 is not fast enough on the interstate. You know what? I personally, I think it should be a little bit higher, right? Um, you know, but Hey, as a citizen, guess what I have to do? I have to obey the law. I may not agree with it. I may not like it, but I still have to obey it. Now, let me just say this. There's only one time when a Christian should not obey the government. Only one time. When a Christian should not obey the government. And that is when... The government supersedes its authority and steps into the place of God. That's the only time. It's, it's not just because I don't like the laws they've passed, so I don't have to obey them. No, it's not when you don't like the leader... The only time for a Christian to oppose the power of government is when government goes beyond the power of God. In Acts chapter 5 and verse number 29 is a great example of this. You don't have to turn there. But you had Peter and John, they're preaching, and the religious people, they said, hey, uh, they said, hey, you have to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. We don't want to hear you preaching in the name of Jesus anymore. And this is what they said. We ought to obey God rather than men. What happened? They overstepped the boundary that God had placed, right? When you have people that say, hey, um, you know, we don't know when life begins, but we'll determine that. Can I tell you? They've overstepped the boundary. God determines life, not man. Right? We don't determine life. God does. Okay? When somebody says, well, hey, you can't, you can't preach out of the Bible and you can't preach against certain people or certain sins or whatever. Look, I'm sorry, but you've, you've overstepped the boundary of God. God is the one that has given us his word. And God is, God's word is truth. Again, what did they say? You speak the truth, you're impartial, and you teach the way of God. Well, that's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what Christians ought to do. And yes, there may be a time when we as Christians have to say, you know, I'm sorry, I cannot obey that law. I cannot obey that law because that law goes blatantly against the word of God. It goes against the word of God. And I cannot obey that. But that's the only time when a Christian ought to disobey the government. Again, our obedience uh, is, is important because it shows who we truly are following. It shows we're following the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and remember, when Jesus says, render therefore unto Caesar the things which be unto Caesar, and unto God the things which be unto God, he isn't just talking about money. It's not just money, right? I want you to go back with me to Romans chapter 13, or if you're there, uh, maybe in Romans chapter 13, and notice what he says in verse number six and seven. For for this cause pay ye tribute also. For they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. And then watch what he says in verse 7. Render, therefore, to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So think about what he's saying here. He says there's, there's, this tribute is not just money, but he says there's four things that, that they deserve. Right? Tribute, and, and he goes on and he says, tribute to whom? Tribute. Of course, tribute, that had to do with the taxes that they had Im- imposed. Um, there was a uh, there was a 1% uh, income tax of a man's income. They had a ground tax that was 20% of the crops that they produced. Um, they had a poll tax, which was uh, anyone between the ages of 14 and 65 had to pay one day's wages. Right, so they had all these different taxes. Then they had the custom. They had uh, other duties, import taxes, export taxes, road taxes, bridge taxes, market taxes, animal taxes, cart taxes. I mean, they had. You think you've got it bad today? They were taxed out. I mean, and then not only when they had all of the, the government taxes, and then they they gave to the temple as well. Then you had remember remember those greedy little publicans. Like, remember Zacchaeus and those that would steal from them as well? They would charge them more? I mean, this, this was bad, okay? I mean, we, we don't have it near as bad as what they had. And yet, what does Jesus say? Render, therefore, unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God. What does he say here in Romans? Hey, we are to pay the tribute. We are to pay the custom. But along with that, what does he say? Fear to whom fear? The word fear is not meaning be afraid, but it's reverence. It's respect. We are to respect those that God has placed in authority over us. You say, I don't like them. God didn't ask if you like them. God said, respect them. Because he's placed them there. Honor. To whom honor, right? Again, remember, who is Caesar? When Jesus says, render to Caesar the things that are... Who is Caesar? He is a wicked, pagan king. It was, it, he was cruel, he was wicked, he was pagan. He was not following God. He did not believe in Jesus Christ. And yet, what does Jesus say? Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Even later on, and here Paul says to, uh, to give honor to whom honor is due. Later, Peter talks about honoring the king as well. Do you know who the king was under Peter in Paul's day? His name was Nero. Nero was not a good guy. Nero was a guy that, that took Christians and burned them at a stake. And basically he would take Christians and he would line his roads with Christians and burn them at, on, at the stake. Simply to have light for his palace roads. Nice guy. Peter said, honor the king. Well, I don't like him. I don't like some of the laws he's making. I, I don't like what they're doing here. I don't like how they're spinning this. Or I don't like That's fine. God didn't say he had to like it, but he still said honor them and respect them. Why? Because God is the one who has placed them in authority. God has put them there. And he tells us to honor them. Even if we are unable to respect the man because of what he does in discrediting himself or her as a responsible minister of God, we still are to respect the office that they hold. We are to respect them and that office because God is the one who has placed them there. By the way, he also tells us that we are to pray for those in authority over us. You say, I don't like him. It doesn't matter. You still, God says, pray for him. Yeah, I'll pray for him. Not that kind of a prayer. That's not the prayer he's talking about. God says we're to pray for them. We're to pray that God would give them wisdom. We're to, I wonder, I wonder how many of us have even prayed for people that we've said, well, I don't like them. I wonder if us, how many of us have ever prayed that they would come to know Christ as their savior. Oh, we can, we can talk all day long about how wicked they are and how bad they are and all the horrible things that they've done. How much time have you spent praying for them? You see, we're willing to, to do things about the government, but we're not willing to obey God in what God says. God's not against the government. He instituted the government and the government is there for our, our protection. And God says, as Christians, man, we ought to be involved. It's important for us to be involved, but it's more important that we understand that Jesus is greater than the government. And although, yes, we are to obey the laws, God says we are to obey him first. And when we obey him first, again, we won't have a problem obeying. We'll say, well, I don't like the taxes. That's okay. Render, therefore, to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. We are to submit ourselves, subject ourselves to those that have the authority over us. Why? Because I love them. That's why I'm going to do it. Are we going to be obedient to what Jesus has shown us? Remember what they said? You speak the truth, you're impartial, and you teach the way of God. You know what he's doing here? He's teaching the truth, he's being impartial, and he's teaching the way of God. The question is, are we going to listen or are we just kind of the same reason that they're there? We're, we're just there for the craftiness of it. We want to get out of it what we can, but we really aren't concerned about following what he says. Oh, they, they heard. Remember what he said? Remember what he said there? They could not take hold of his words. But let me ask you something. Did it change their life? No. They still kept trying to trip him up. They still kept trying to make him look bad because they weren't concerned about following the truth that he spoke. They were simply concerned about making themselves look better. Look, Look, we've we've got lots of problems in our country today. Lots of problems. And I really believe the reason why is because Christians are not listening to the truth that Jesus speaks, we're not being impartial, and we're not listening to the teaching that he says of God. It's important for every one of us to recognize yes government is there government is important God ordained it but Jesus is greater and but if I'm going to follow Jesus then I also have to submit to the authority that Jesus has placed in my life and I want to be the best Christian that I can be in this country I want to be the best citizen I, I, I know all the first responders that we had here yesterday and that are here today and 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 that work in our community saying they are not perfect Not one of them is perfect, and neither are you and I. But you know what I want them to know? I want them to know that I want to be the best citizen I can. I I want to support them. I want to help them. I want to encourage them because I understand that God has placed them in that area of authority, and I want to do everything I can to help them do and be what God wants them to be. But I can only do that when I am being what God wants me to be, and that's putting him first. Recognizing that He is greater than all, I wonder where their heads bowed and her eyes closed this morning. No one looking about this morning. Maybe there might be someone today. You say, Pastor, I'm kind of stuck at what you said at the very, very beginning about that rock being broken. Or being crushed. I'm afraid that if I were to die today that I would be crushed. Because I don't know that there's ever been a time in my life where I've put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I don't know, Pastor, if I died today where I would be. But I'd like to know how I could be with Jesus. I'd like to know how I could have my sins forgiven. Would there be somebody like that this morning? Nobody else is looking around. You just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. You say, Pastor, I'd like to know how I could have my sins forgiven. Pastor, I'd like to know how I could be in heaven one day with Jesus Christ. Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Yes, God bless you. Someone else. Pastor, pray for me. And Christian, can I just ask you this morning, are you being the best citizen that you can be for the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, not not for the government, no. For the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we are the best citizen for the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll be the best citizen for the government. Recognize that God has placed that authority over us. And we need to be submissive to them as long as they don't go against God. We need to pray for them And encourage them? Are we being that citizen that God wants us to be? With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, let's just stand quietly to our feet this morning. The piano's just going to play softly. Maybe God's speaking to your heart this morning.